0: And so it's like a lot of people split their resources too thin by thinking they need to build this insane, crazy, innovative product to attach to their brand, when the reality is your brand is the innovation. How do you create an unshakable business? I crossed $100 million in net worth by the age of 28. Now I'm growing acquisition.com into a billion dollar portfolio. In this podcast, I share the lessons I've learned in scaling big businesses and helping our portfolio companies do the same. Buckle up and let's build. Today, what I wanna cover are the top five mistakes that personal brands make when they're building a business. Personal brands are becoming more in demand than even building a business themselves. More people nowadays, if you go on Google search, are trying to figure out how to build a personal brand or how to become an influencer than they are trying to figure out how to build a business. But what is becoming more and more common is people that have personal brands, they have audiences and they have influence are realizing that maybe they don't wanna be an affiliate. Maybe they don't wanna just show other people's products. Maybe they actually wanna build a business on the back end, And that's what I wanna talk about today because I have had the luxury of being able to talk to hundreds of influencers or personal brands. And particularly in the last two weeks, I got to speak with two very prominent, dare I say famous uh, personal brands, And what I saw was the common mistakes that both of them were making in terms of how they were building their business on the back end to monetize their audience. If you don't know who I am, my name is Layla Hormozy. I'm CEO of Acquisition.com, which is a portfolio of businesses that does about $200 per year in revenue. So as the CEO and somebody who is, um, you know, building a business and also making content, I get a lot of people that come to me and ask me about content. Um, And actually, it wasn't something that I thought of a lot ahead of you know, when I started making it, it wasn't something I thought of strategically until so many people started asking questions. In fact, sometimes more questions people ask about content than business. And what I realized is that I've approached content in a way that is very much like scalable because I have built businesses and I've taken those principles and applied them to content. And so I think that's why I have a unique perspective on the mistakes that people make when building a personal brand with a business behind it. Needless to say, most of the people that I've spoken with in the last month in terms of like their personal brands trying to build a business on the back are stagnant and they can't figure out why they can't scale. And it's clear to me, so what I wanna do is I'm gonna break down the top five reasons that I have seen across the board that are most common for why these personal brands can't scale their business. So I wanna explain something really quickly, which is I did not build a personal brand in order to make the money I made. I actually built Gym Launch for six years and then sold it, and then after that started making content. Why? I don't know. Probably because I was insanely insecure and didn't feel like I had anything good to say. I also think that building an audience and making content is a completely different skill than building a business. Now, what I've seen is that it's actually more popular nowadays for people to build a brand and then try and build a business on the back of it. However, where I think people get caught is that they believe that because they have such high skill set in terms of building a brand or building you know, building themselves into an influencer, that that's going to transfer over to building a business. And Here's what I have realized is that I really know how to build businesses. Does that mean that I know how to build a brand? No. It is a completely different skill set. I have had to learn from all different kinds of mentors, all different kinds of people in the space. Same goes for something like real estate. A lot of people ask me for real estate advice. Guess what? As good as I am at business, I am that bad at real estate. I'm awful at real estate. And so what does that mean? It means that just because you're good and you have competency in one area of your life does not mean it's going to transfer over to the other. And so what I've seen, I've noticed the pattern is that a lot of people that have built audiences and have a lot of influence have believed that because they built that audience, they can also easily build a business on the back end, right? And that their skills must transfer. And so because of that, they actually end up pigeonholing themselves and most of them work themselves into a very, very high paying job. And a lot of this stems from the fact that what happens, and this is really typical when you gain success, and listen, I am guilty of this myself. I just got to learn it years ago, so I'm sharing it now, which is, we tend to think that the amount of effort it took us the first time to get the first big win, it won't take us that amount of effort to get the second win. And so we actually end up putting less effort in, when in reality, it's the opposite. It's going to take you just as much effort to get the big second win as it will to get the first. I can tell you that if I put the less energy into acquisition.com than I did to Jim thinking to myself, oh, well, I've already had the success. It should be easier this time. I would not be successful. And so if you want extraordinary outcomes, like maybe you've gotten in a personal brand or in terms of how much influence you've gained, then you have to put in extraordinary effort, right? The same goes for business. If you want to play the game of business, you have to put in extraordinary effort to get extraordinary outcomes. And the same goes the opposite way, which is I can't expect that just because I know how to build a business, I know how to build an audience or I know how to make content. In fact, you guys probably see it. There's a lot of people out there who... I know are insanely successful, and they are some of the brightest people on earth, and they have tiny, tiny little followings. Why? Because there's not a transfer of skill set, right? Like, just because they know how to run a business doesn't mean they know how to make content. Needless to say, because of this and other various reasons, which is, you know, when people are building a brand, they're busy building a brand, they're not thinking about building a business, it's kind of the afterthought. What I've noticed is that a lot of people become stagnant in their business that is attached to their personal brand because of these five reasons I want to outline. The first mistake that I have seen across, I think, nearly every damn personal brand that I have met with or every influencer I've met with is that they try to be both the talent and the CEO. Let me tell you, it is a job in its own to build a brand new company. To be able to do that, plus continue to do all of what you've been doing to build your personal brand or become an influencer, it's almost impossible. And so what I've seen is that a lot of people have, you know, called myself or Alex and they've been like, dude, like, I can't do it anymore. Like, I'm not at the point of breaking. And it's because they're trying to do both. They think, okay, well, I've figured out the content machine. Now I've got to go build the business. Well, now they have to keep the content machine running to then go and put their energy into building a business that they've never done before. And so what tends to happen is that, one, the content starts to slow down because inevitably they put their attention into the business. And so you only have so much attention, it's finite. And so now that they put more attention into the business, the content starts to slow down Then they start to get more stressed because they're like, holy shit, the content's going down, which is the whole thing feeding this business. But I'm trying to build this business. And so they tend to feel very split. And so I think the first thing to realize is, are you the talent or are you the CEO? And the two do not have to be the same. Now, I'm recording content. I record content right now. I haven't recorded content in a month. It's not my full-time job. It's something I do. It's a Saturday right now. My team is here on Saturday at 11 a.m. We're gonna do this for five hours and call it a day. This is not something I do every day. In fact, I don't think about it every day. I don't even think about it every week. So what you have to understand is that, like, my attention is full-time on CEO. Does that mean that I'm gonna be the best content creator ever? Absolutely not. It's probably going to be way worse than it could be, and that's hard to accept at times, but it is what it is. The same goes in the opposite direction, which is if you are full-time focused on building this content machine, and that is what you're absolutely best in the world at, then are you going to have the right amount of attention to build a business? No, right? It's like trying to raise two babies at once. It's very difficult. And so the biggest thing that you can do for yourself as a favor is if you have a prominent personal brand and you have millions and millions of eyeballs and hundreds of millions of impressions you're getting, Hire somebody else to build the business. You know, partner with somebody. Bring somebody on who has the experience building the business like you want to build. I mean, look at somebody like Mr. Beast, for example. Like, go look at who he recruited to build his company. It's somebody who's done it before in similar vertical who has tons of experience and a track record, right? And the advantage that you have as a personal brand is that you have access to those kinds of people. You know, a lot of people think, well, if I haven't built a business before, how am I gonna get access to this kind of talent? You actually have a huge advantage as a personal brand. In fact, finding talent as a personal brand might even be easier because more people are likely to respond to you on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, because they see that you have millions of followers. And so use that to your advantage, go find somebody who has done the thing you want to do and go get them to come in and build the business on your behalf. The second mistake that I see most personal brands make is that they build multiple businesses rather than multiple product lines. Okay, and so what do I mean by this? Anytime I ask them, I'm like, can I see your entity structure? Let's see how you're structured. It's one thing to have products that are held in a different LLC for legal protection. That makes complete sense. But to then treat them like separate businesses with completely separate teams, separate financials, separate HR, separate marketing, separate sales. That has been what I have seen to create a lot of trouble in a lot of people's businesses. And why is that? If you look at the biggest brands in the world, they have centralized oversight. And so what does that mean? They have a CEO that is CEO of the brand, not of a single product. Then they have an executive team that is the executive team, you know, CFO, COO, CMO, CRO, that are centrally overseeing quality assurance in all the subsidiaries underneath. When I say subsidiary, I mean product line. And so if you're selling... Say you have you have a brand and you're gonna sell multiple different products that are things that you use and you believe in. Then what you wanna have is you wanna have the CEO, the executive team that's centralized, and then you wanna treat these like product lines where you have an operator in each product line that is being quality checked by the executive team of the brand. And so what a lot of people do is they do the opposite. They actually just have different CEOs different operators, and different executive teams for each one of the products or brands. And what does this do? This creates a whole heck of a lot of overwhelm because what you're doing is basically you have like six businesses. And what I can tell you is that most of the people I've talked to have anywhere between four and 10 products that are actually separate businesses that they're trying to flow into their personal brands. And again, remember, these are people with millions and millions of followers, tens of millions of followers that I've Talk to that have had these issues, and the issue that they've all expressed is like, I don't know how to keep track and make sure all the right things are happening in each one of these brands. And it's because they're not treating it as one brand, they're treating it as multiple businesses. The second thing that goes wrong here is potency. So if your brand is what fuels all of these product lines, then what is the most important thing to protect? Your brand. If you look at some of the biggest brands in the world, they have insane legal protection departments. What do I mean by that? It means like if someone else speaks the brand, if someone else tries to use the brand, if someone else tries to advertise the brand, like without all of the qualifications that they require, without using the language they require, then they will go after them immediately. And so you should think of your brand in that manner, which is, are they marketing it in a way that is congruent with the values of the brand? Are they selling it in a way that is congruent with the values of the brand? Are they servicing it in a way that is congruent with the values of the brand? brand? If you don't have centralized control or like a centralized C-suite over those brands, I can guarantee you that is not happening, right? They're selling in a different way. And I've seen it so many times. It's like, you know, I've seen brands that are high trust, high loyalty. And then when you get on the phone, they're just like hard closing you, trying to sell you some like, honestly, some bullshit. And the reason is, is not because that person thinks that that's how you should sell. It's because that person doesn't even know that they're selling that way. It's the same for customer service. I've got, bought products from some brands that are high trust, high loyalty, very reputable brands, when you get on the phone with their customer service, they couldn't be more rude. Why is that? I assume it's because of this, because they really just have no oversight over what's happening. And so then what happens over time? Let's play this on a long enough time horizon. On a long enough time horizon, bad word of mouth tends to compound. So it's like, oh yeah, their customer service sucks. Oh yeah, they try to hard close you, oh yeah. They're also you know, an affiliate of this other thing. It's like you don't even know what's going on anymore. Your brand has so many people touching it and so many people with their hands on it that it starts to get diluted over time. You start to lose your brand and your brand actually starts to go in the opposite direction. And it's not because of anything you're doing, it's because of the services and the products and what everyone's doing surrounding those. And so then over time, bad word of mouth starts to build and you start to lose customers, you start to lose traction, you start to lose attention. Why is that? Because the way that you are selling, marketing, and servicing your brand is not congruent with the content you're putting out there. It's not congruent with your messaging. And so that's the most important piece is like, there's your messaging, and then there's all the delivery behind it, and those all have to be very congruent with the values of the brand. And that leads me to the third piece, which is slinging shit. (laughs) Okay, I don't know what other way to say this, but how many people have you seen out there that have amazing brands and they're like pushing the weirdest products, right? Products that they don't talk about, that they don't show that they use, that you don't even know that they like. And it just sounds like maybe it's on their podcast, maybe it's on their channel. They're just advertising something because that you're making money, right? And I've heard a lot of people is with some specific, like very large brands talk about how they don't listen to them anymore. They don't watch them anymore because they're annoyed about the fact that they're pushing stuff that they clearly don't believe in. An example of this would be like if Alex tried to push like Rolex or something, or I don't know, like a suit company, like no way in hell is he wearing a Rolex or a suit. So obviously it would be incongruent with the brand. How weird would it be if like in the middle of his, you know, commercial break of his podcast, he's doing an ad for Rolex, right? And so that would lose trust with the audience on a long enough time horizon because they'd be like, this guy clearly just wants to make money off the audience. Is there anything wrong with making money off your audience? No, I think a lot of people do that. But is it going to be favorable in the long-term to try and make money in a way that is not congruent with who you are or what you actually believe in? Probably gonna end up losing trust long-term and losing money long-term. Short-term money versus long-term money. In the short-term, you might make some money on those freaking ads, but in the long-term, you're probably gonna lose money because you're gonna lose customers, or you're gonna lose eyeballs, you're gonna lose trust. So a good example of this is uh, actually Mr. Beast. So we had a conversation, Alex and I, where we were like, wow, it'd be amazing if he pushed something like an energy drink, right? Like, I feel like beast energy, beast mode, something like that. And when we talked to him about it, we were like, man, we still feel like that would be such a good product for you. Like, I know you've got chocolate, but like, this would be such a good product. It's like mass market. And he said something that was really important, which he was like, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in giving kids caffeine. I don't want to push things that aren't good for them. He's like, you know, my chocolate only has a few ingredients, and that's why I'm proud of putting it out there. And that in that split second was such an important moment because it showed that he would never represent something that he didn't actually believe in, right? And so a lot of people don't have that discipline. They just look at the product with the biggest margins that, you know, some fancy company came out and said, like, uh, you know, please push my product, become an affiliate, become an influencer. And then they pick that and it just sets you up for failure in the long term. The fourth mistake that I see brands, personal brands and influencers make is misidentifying where success in the business is going to come from. And so, a lot of the time what I see is that somebody thinks that they need to develop a completely new product that is like brand new innovation in order to be successful in business. And what you have to realize is that your competitive moat is your brand. It is not the product that you're selling. Your brand is what differentiates your product, not the product itself and so there's no need to add extra complexity. Business and building a brand are complex enough on their own. Trying to also build a product that is, you know, a leader in innovation is going to throw so much into the mix, and what I've seen more often than not is that that fails, right? And so think about it like this, right? Like Kylie Jenner, for example. Is there anything actually different about her makeup? I have bought it, so I can tell you, like, not really. Like, and I don't even buy her makeup. I bought it once and I was like, you know, it's fine, but it's no different than a lot of other makeups. The difference is her brand representing the makeup. Another example would be like The Rock Tequila. Like, love The Rock, love the tequila, but like, is there anything really that different between his tequila and a different tequila? Like, not really. It's just him representing the brand. Like, that is what the competitive advantage is. And so it's like, if The Rock went out and was like, I'm gonna build this like crazy, innovative, like, you could, but like, you're also sacrificing all the time and resources putting into like innovation that you could be putting into your brand and getting higher returns if you put them into the brand than to the innovation. Because the reason that people buy from a brand is because they relate to the brand, they trust the brand, they like the brand, right? And so it's like whatever that person has to sell or associate with, those people want. And so it's like a lot of people split their resources too thin by thinking they need to build this insane, crazy, innovative product to attach their brand. When the reality is your brand is the innovation. And so that is the advantage that you have, that you can actually have a very simple product and use your brand to promote it and probably... And the, the thing about that is you're probably actually going to sell more than if you did create some crazy innovative product. Because if you don't know this, uh, innovative products, new products to the marketplace, are actually harder to sell and require more explanation because people don't know what they are. They don't know how to use them. They have no way to contextualize them because there's nothing to compare them to in the marketplace. So it's like you might as well make life easier and just put that energy into your brand rather than trying to put it on the innovation. So then rather than creating a new product out of thin air or an innovative product or the next Tesla. Just try to find a product that aligns with your brand and make it yours. The fifth and last mistake that I see most personal brands and influencers make is outsourcing the core machine. Okay, So what is the core machine when it comes to a personal brand or a content creator influencer? It's the content team. And so I can't tell you how many times I've gotten on the phone with a personal brand or somebody who's an influencer, and they're talking about how difficult it is in terms of their content. And the reason for this is because what they don't understand is that if you're looking at your personal brand like you would look at a business, every business has strategic hires, right? And a strategic hire is a hire that you're willing to invest more in, and that's best to have closest to the core of the business, meaning like have it in-house, not out-house, because it is aligned with the strategy of the business as a whole. So an example for this would be in manufacturing, having the supply chain manager, somebody who you probably pay more for this role, you probably get them immediately and they're probably in house, like that is a very important role. The same would go for like, you know, a PE firm or a VC firm, like they're going to have to spend more money on a CFO than say a education business, right? Because an education business, you say you have uh, high profit margins, There's not a ton of complexity. There's not a lot of complication around the financials. You don't really need to invest a ton of CFO. It's not really a strategic hire, right? Versus like an investing firm, it's all about understanding your returns calculating the returns, forecasting, and therefore a CFO is a role that you want to strategically invest in. So if you think about your personal brand like a business, then it would make sense that you would invest in your content team in that way. And so a lot of what I see in terms of like pain of people that have a personal brand is that they don't have full control, full artistic control, full creative control over what's going out there. And because of that, the same thing happens like if you're not putting controls in with the products you're selling as you do with your content team, is that oftentimes the vendors that you have have different objectives than you. Your objectives might be eyeballs and brand. Their objectives might just be eyeballs. And a lot of vendors work this way, where they just wanna get you the most amount of views and the most amount of eyeballs, and they're not thinking about your brand on your behalf. And here's the thing, if you wanna scale your brand, you need people on your team who can think about your brand on your behalf. You can't be the only one. Are you the most important? Absolutely, You're the, you, know, you are the ultimate source of what the brand is. However, you need people below you that are also on board with protecting that brand. They're not just obsessed with getting the views and getting the clicks and like clickbaity things, which a lot of vendors are. And so what you have to understand is that on the content team itself, you need to have alignment. This is a strategic area where it makes the most sense, in my opinion, for most personal brands, people with hundreds, with millions, or you know, tens of millions of followers to invest in having an in-house content team. And if you don't have that amount yet, Say you don't have millions of followers, but you want to. I would say invest in the content team now, because the thing is, is that if you want to get there, you need alignment in your brand, and you need people who understand you more than they understand how to get views.